Are you blessed this morning? Amen. I am too. Uh, let's bow our heads and pray, please. Father, thank you so much, Lord, this morning for your many blessings. Lord, we are blessed beyond, far beyond that which we deserve. Lord, I thank you so much this morning for the salvation that you've made available to us in Christ. Lord, for your provision uh, for each individual, couple, family, for our church, we're grateful. Lord, thank you this morning for supplying us with your words. I pray this morning, Lord, as we look into Matthew 26, uh, again this morning, that you'll bless our time together. Lord, I pray that you will work in our hearts and accomplish that which you desire. Lord, I pray this morning that you help us to yield ourselves, to bow ourselves to you. Lord, that we would be open and willing to receive your words and, Lord, to respond this morning just exactly as you desire. Lord, I pray this morning that you help me uh, to bring forth your words just exactly as you desire. Lord, help my thoughts and, and my words to be your thoughts and your words. I pray, Father, this morning that you'll work in our hearts, that you'll build up believers. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who does not yet know Christ, I pray that uh, you'd make it clear to that person that uh, a simple, humble, repentant faith is all that's required for salvation. It's all that's required to know eternal life. Lord, thank you so very much for that wonderful truth this morning. Father, I pray that you'd work here this morning. Encourage us, build us up now. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 26 this morning, that's the, that's the passage I mentioned in my prayer, Brother Garcia. Matthew 26. So if you're visiting this morning here in our church, uh, we tend to preach and teach through books of the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Uh, Zach, we do that so we don't miss anything, right? We, we know all the Bible is for us and, and that God desires us to apply it to our lives today. Uh, and so we take care not to, not to miss anything. I think it's been pointed out over the years also, Brother Art, that if the pastor just preached through the Bible in order, no one can think, oh, he's chosen something because he wants to pick on me this morning. So, no, that would never be the case anyway, not in this church at least, but uh, if toes get stepped on by the word of God, that's just where we are, right? And that's the spirit of God working through the words of God uh, to convict us. What's the, what's the biblical response to conviction by the Spirit of God? It's, it's, Gary, it's just simply saying, yes, Lord, I, I agree, I confess, you're right, I'm wrong. Uh, help me to confess my sin and, and to turn to you, and, and Lord, to be right with you this morning. Matthew 26 this morning, so uh, boy, we're, we're getting very close to the cross in Matthew's gospel now, and we're, uh, we're aiming to be at the resurrection on Resurrection Sunday, uh, be April 17th, so we're, we're just about four weeks out now. Uh, by the way, March is, a, is, is, a, is a, a month filled with birthdays in our church. Happy birthday, everyone. Andrew, had a birthday yesterday. We've got other birthdays coming up this week. It's a happy birthday, church. Uh, that's uh, on our calendar this month also. Uh, here in Matthew 26 this morning, Matthew 26, uh, we've, we've seen last Sunday morning the Lord uh, at that last Passover meal prior to the cross, uh, he instituted what? The Lord's Supper, right? We saw the significance of that and uh, the, all, all of the symbolism of that, the body of Christ being broken for us on the cross, uh, the blood of Christ being uh, spilled for us upon the cross uh, to cover our sins, to make our forgiveness uh, possible, to make eternal life possible. 
this morning we see here uh, Jesus continuing to deal with his disciples. Gary, there's not much time left, and he's just dealing with them uh, just exactly as, as he sees fit to deal with them. We see two things here this morning. First, uh, he prophesies that all of them will basically turn their back and, and, and flee from him at his arrest and, and at the cross. Uh, they, they'll be offended by him, he says. And uh, they shuddered at that. Rich, we shudder at that too. I mean, they, they've been with Christ, uh, being the, the direct and immediate beneficiaries of, of his earthly ministry. Uh, they, they, they've touched him and they've traveled with him and they've heard him preach in, uh, in his presence. And yet he, he prophesies, he tells them, hey, you're all going to be offended at my arrest and, and at the cross. And we'll see some of the significance of that this morning. Uh, and then we see him in the garden, right, at Gethsemane. Uh, praying, that, that great prayer uh, just before the cross. He's about to be arrested. I mean, that's the point we're at. He's about to be arrested, and uh, knowing that, he's omniscient, right? Knowing that, uh, what do we find him doing? He's, he's on his face. He's on his knees. He's praying. And Gary, what a wonderful example for us this morning. Uh, we don't know when the next trial is coming, but church, we know trials are coming. Amen. That's just, that's just a fact of life, right? Uh, Jesus anticipated the great trial of the cross, and so we find him in, in great prayer. And what a wonderful example uh, for us this morning. Lord, help us to get a hold uh, and to stay a hold of the importance of being people uh, of great prayer. Uh, church, does prayer change things? Does prayer change things? It didn't change the necessity of the cross, but boy, you can be sure that in his humanity, uh, the, Lord's, the Lord was prepared for the cross. He was prepared for the cross uh, by this wonderful prayer. Look with me here this morning. We're in Matthew 26, beginning in 31. Uh, one of the things that I've been trying to bring out as, as we uh, continue through this chapter, as we continue our course, Brother Ray, uh, up to the cross, is the fact that Jesus knew he knew exactly what was coming. He knew the difficulty of it. Uh, Brother Ray, he, he knew the shame of the cross. He knew the weight of sin. He knew it all. He's God the Son. There was no part of that, no aspect of it that he didn't have a, a perfect foreknowledge of, a perfect understanding of. Uh, and yet he stayed faithful to the cross. Gary, why did he do that? Because it was, it was the plan of the Father for our forgiveness. And he says there's no other way. Uh, there's lots of religions in the world today, but Jesus said there's no other way. Uh, he is the only way according to him. And so uh, we, we know he desired, we've seen he desired to stay faithful to the plan of the Father. Uh, he, he went demonstrating a great love for his people then and his people today, uh, providing for our forgiveness. Uh, he stayed the course despite all that he knew. He also knew the importance of obedience and this great love uh, that he had for us. And we see here this morning, he stayed the course. He stayed the course to the cross, knowing that his disciples would turn from him, knowing that they would be offended, knowing that Peter would actually deny him three times 
he stayed the course despite all of this. Look, look with me now, Matthew 26, verse 31. Then said Jesus unto them, his disciples, he said, all ye. Church, grammatically, the ye is who? How many of them? It's all of them. And one of the great benefits of using our King James Bible is the, the, the grammar, uh, the ye, we know, technically translates a word that's plural, refers to all of them. He says, all ye shall be offended uh, because of me uh, this night. The word underlying offended is, uh, is the word from which scandal or scandalize come from. It's scandalizo. Uh, it, ha it has that idea. Uh, it has the literal idea, idea, idea of being uh, trapped or, or caught up in a sinful uh, temptation. Gary, if someone got uh, caught up in a scandal, no, we understand they, they were probably tempted to some sin uh, and then gave into that sin, were entrapped by that temptation. By the way, when you're tempted to sin, do you have to give into the temptation? You don't have to, right? The power of temptation, the power of temptation is broken at the cross. If you know Christ as your Savior, you have the, the Lord indwelling you. There's a great power available to us as we simply yield to the Lord to not give in to temptation, uh, to not give in to sin, to not be scandalized uh, by, by sin. Jesus said, you'll all be offended by, uh, because of me, because of me this night. He knew that they would stumble into uh, unfaithfulness at his arrest uh, and at his crucifixion. He knew that. Uh, he knew that they were weak. We'll see here uh, that one of the suggestions is that this be because they were not men of great prayer. They were not men uh, who, who gave themselves over to the kind of prayer uh, in which they would find strength to continue uh, in faithfulness. Let me stop there, just ask you for one second. Is there a great power in prayer? Is the, Prayer changes things. We've said that, and you know that if you're a person of prayer. But is there great strength available to believers if you will make prayer a priority in your life? Or there are, We know that changes things, but we know also in that we find a strength from God that we do not have uh, apart from him. There's a wonderful strength available to us in prayer. Uh, we'll see here shortly that while the Lord was a man of prayer, his disciples struggled in that regard. And no doubt this is at least part of the reason uh, why they did not remain faithful, why they did not remain steadfast, why, why they did not just keep their eyes focused on Christ and all the things that he called them to, why they didn't understand that he would be arrested uh, and crucified, uh, and remember also that he said he would rise again. They, they've not developed the kind of prayer life we'll see uh, that they should. Jesus said, all ye shall be offended uh, because of me this night. They would stumble into unfaithfulness uh, at his arrest and crucifixion, and, and yet he continued forward. He would not be discouraged by the lack of faith that he knew was coming, by those who were closest to him. He would not be discouraged. Uh, he would just continue forward. He knew how important the cross is uh, for the salvation of his people. By the way, Jesus also said this be fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, he knew because he's omniscient, he knows everything as God the Son, uh, equal to God the Father or God the Holy Spirit, but he also knew the word of God. You can just make a note here. 
Uh, you can make a note. He says, all you shall be offended because of me this night. Uh, the verse continues, for it is what? It is written. And the grammar means it was written. It is written. It'll continue to be written. God has promised uh, to preserve his word so we can have a great confidence that he has done that. We believe he's done that in our Bible. He says, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be, what does he say? scattered abroad. Jesus understood that. Uh, that that's uh, Zechariah 13 and, and verse 7. It's a prophecy of Zechariah the prophet from the Old Testament. Jesus knew before he came as a man at, at the incarnation. He understood that uh, when he came, he, he, he knew in eternity past that he would come and, and that when he came, uh, he would be so rejected uh, and, and mistreated that he would eventually go to the cross. That'd be why he came. But he also knew from the word of God, uh, as the omniscient son of God, that his own would reject him uh, at, at the most difficult time. That he, he would be rejected. Uh, as the shepherd is smited, the sheep would be scattered. Rich, he loved us enough to stay on the road to the cross despite the fact that he knew that his own would turn from faithfulness to him. It's a great love. Are you loved this morning? Are you loved this morning? Church, you, you're loved by God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Nobody can say I'm not loved. You're, you're loved by the God of all things, the creator of all things. You're loved by the Lord Jesus Christ who stayed faithful to the cross despite knowing all that would befall him and everything that would happen. He knew uh, his love for us and, and the, um, the critical importance, the fact that there's no other way to provide for our salvation. He stays faithful. Uh, he stayed the course also, we see here this morning, uh, knowing, of course, that he'd be resurrected. That wasn't a surprise to him. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to God the Father. It shouldn't have been a surprise to the disciples. He'd been telling them, uh, teaching them, hey, I, I'm going to be crucified. Uh, I'm going to be raised again. Look at verse 32. He says, but after, would you say the next four words with me, please? He says, but after I am risen again. Did he die on the cross for your sins? Did, he did. Was he buried in, the, in that tomb? He was. Did he rise again on the third day as he said he would? Well, the Bible says he did, uh, and history records the fact that he did. You understand the Bible records that perfectly. Uh, secular history also records there was a man named Jesus who, who was crucified, and uh, that his, his believers say that he, he was found to be resurrected again. Bible records that's, that's known to secular history as well. Uh, there's all the evidence of Scripture that, sure enough, he, uh, prophets said he would come and die and be buried and rise again. Jesus came and said, hey, I'm, I'm, go I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be crucified for your sin. I'm going to be buried. On the third day, I will rise again. He says here, after I am risen again. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to make a note, you can turn there. Matthew 20 in uh, verse 18. So just maybe go there. Let's flip back there. Uh, flip back there, Matthew 20, verse 18. Uh, Jesus has been dealing with his disciples there. He said, behold, uh, Matthew 20, verse 18, we go up to Jerusalem. Uh, Zach, why do you go up to Jerusalem? Because elevation is up, right? You always go up, you always come down. We got that. We go up to Jerusalem, and Son of Man, that's Lord Jesus Christ, called himself, that shall be betrayed 
uh, by Judas unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. We're going to see that uh, in, in the next couple of Sunday mornings. We'll see his sort of mock trial and his condemnation to death. And verse 20, Jesus says, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, uh, the Roman authorities, uh, to scourge, to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. That was the Roman manner of execution. We understand that. And then he says this, and the, it's like, but wait, there's more, and it's so much better. And the third day he shall, what, is he, what did he say there? Rise again. Praise God. He knew that. He told them that. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be crucified. It's for your sin, uh, but fear not on the third day, uh, I'll rise again. Resurrection Sunday, April 17th, we'll, we'll celebrate that. It'll be, we'll celebrate it today and every Sunday, but it'll be a wonderful and special uh, celebration on that day. Uh, Jesus stayed the course knowing that he'd be crucified, uh, knowing that his disciples would be unfaithful to him, uh, and yes, knowing that he uh, he would rise again. He says, but after I am risen, he, he knew that, he says, verse 32, we're making our way through verse 32 now, he says, I will go before you into Galilee. Zach, that was the place of the majority of his earthly ministry, right? Uh, he moved around different parts of the land, but the majority of his earthly ministry was up in the north, right? In that region of Galilee, uh, kind of to the northwest of, of the Sea of Galilee. You read through the Gospels, you, you have the wonderful privilege to read through his ministry that was primarily in, in that part of the land. Uh, he said, hey, I'll rise again, uh, and I'll go before you into Galilee, that place that had been the primary place uh, of his ministry. By the way, uh, Bible records that he did rise again. By the, do, you have any, do you have any difficulty believing that this morning? If you know Christ is your Savior, do you have any difficulty believing that he actually died and that he actually rose again? I have no trouble with that. No trouble with that. I place my faith in him, Marilyn, and the Holy Spirit just gives me a wonderful confidence that he really did die. He didn't faint. Uh, he was dead. By the way, doctors who study the description of the crucifixion conclude that the man who's described and the things that are described, uh, they're describing a man who, who could not have survived and who in fact died. Uh, medical doctors, there's a very interesting article you can read if you want to let me know. Uh, he died. Uh, he really did die and he really did rise again the third day and he really did go into Galilee, that place of ministry, uh, for Christ. And we'll see uh, Matthew 28, verse 7, we'll see that uh, in, in several weeks. Uh, when the women went to the tomb, the uh, Bible says, go quickly, tell his disciples he's risen. That's what the angel said, from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I've told you. The angels told that to the women who went to minister to Christ uh, at the grave, to minister to his body. You understand that. Uh, he rose again on third day, and he went to Galilee uh, to minister just exactly uh, as he said he would. So, uh, listen, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Zach, what's our response to that? We, we're, we're very encouraged, aren't we, that he stayed the course to the cross despite uh, knowing all, all these difficult things. All, all, he stayed faithful 
uh, that our sins would be provided for so that there could be uh, a way of salvation that would satisfy God the Father. Gary, we've asked ourselves the question many times over the years and even recently, why was that the way? Why was the cross, it's the way that God the Father chose uh, cooperatively, collaboratively with the Son and the Holy Spirit. It, shedding of blood is, is the way that God chose. And, uh, a perfect sacrifice that could only be his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the way that God chose. Brother Way, we would have chosen a different way. God chose the one way that would satisfy him. And he says this morning, if all you need to do to be the beneficiary of the cross and the payment that Christ made uh, is to simply turn to him with a humble, repentant faith and to place your faith in him. Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you paid the price on the cross for my sin. You allowed your blood to be shed to cover my sin. Uh, have you done that? Have you made that decision? Made that decision, your sins are forgiven, right? If you made that decision, you, you've been indwelt by the Spirit of God, you've been changed by him, you have eternal life. Praise God, take a minute and say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for saving me. Lord, thank you for saving me. Uh, that's our response to the cross. That's our response. Uh, see here in verse 33, Peter's response. Uh, Peter's response here. He denied that he would deny Christ. Jesus said, you'll be offended. Peter answered verse 33 and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, uh, yet I will never be offended. What did the Lord just say? He said, how many of them would be offended? He said all. He said ye, right? Grammatically, that's, that's all of them. It, the underlying word is that plural. It refers to all of them. It's translated that way in our King James Bible uh, because of that. Jesus said they would all be offended. And Peter says, nuh-uh, Lord, not, not me. Uh, I will never be offended. Now, listen, Brother Art, I know Peter's heart was probably right in the sense was in the sense that he's just saying, I will never be offended by you, Lord. I'll, I'll never be unfaithful to you. I'll, I'll never stumble away from you. I'll never step away from you. I'll never run away from you. That would be his heart. Hopefully that'd be our heart too, right, church? Hopefully that'd be our heart. Never stumble back into the world. Never stumble back into sin. I know we do sin. We have the Lord. Uh, but our heart, our heart would never to be offended uh, and to turn our backs on Christ. And, and no doubt that's what you see here. That's Peter's heart. It's not a wrong heart. It's a right heart. Except that the Lord has just said, you will all, you all, you all will be offended by me. Peter says, nuh-uh, not me, nuh-uh. If the Lord has said something, is it going to be the case, church? If he said, this is what we've been looking at in, in 10 o'clock Sunday school hour in Isaiah uh, for weeks now. God says something through Isaiah, the prophet is going to happen. And we see great detail. And then sure enough, we see uh, in the Bible, it's recorded that it did happen. God says it will happen, uh, and it did happen. This is one of the greatest proofs of the supernatural origin of the Word of God, uh, the wonderful proof of prophecy. God says, often several hundred years earlier, gives great, great um, detail, uh, and, and then it happens. And by the way, it's not like a Nostradamus kind of thing, right, where Nostradamus said some things that could be interpreted many, many different ways, right? Uh, we saw this morning, Lord prophesied the Babylonians would be put down by the Medes and the Persians, uh, specific names given, and, and sure enough, that, that did happen. Uh, it's a wonderful proof 
that the Bible is supernatural, that it is God's words. Uh, Peter should have accepted the words of Christ that day uh, that he was going to be offended. He was going to be offended. Uh, if, in fact, he accepted the Lord's statement, um, do you think that Zacchaeus could have responded to that in a way that might have sort of short-circuited the natural tendency to do what Peter ultimately did? What did he ultimately do? He denied Christ not once, not twice, but thrice, three times. If he had accepted the statement that Christ made uh, as true, necessarily, uncontrovertibly, unavoidably true, yeah, I, if, if I was Peter, I would have just got down on my knees and began to pray. Lord, I know, I, I know I'm going to be offended. I, I, I know that I'll, 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 there's a temptation to be discouraged. I'll, uh, I, I might be given over to that, but uh, help me just to stay in, in that moment uh, as faithful to you as I can. Lord, help me not to deny you. Help me not to do anything that would dishonor you. If he had accepted what Christ said, there could have been a, a more biblical response uh, to that. Brother Ray, <laughs> we do well to just pray, Lord, give us hearts to accept what your word actually says uh, and to see what our right response should be. And then God help us just yield to you and that response and to find grace and strength in you to take up the response uh, that, that you desire. Uh, Jesus responded, verse 34, Jesus said to him, verily, what does that mean, church? Verily, truly, uh, Jesus says, I say unto thee, to you, Peter, that this night before the cock crows, uh, before the rooster crows, thou shalt deny me thrice, not once, not twice, but, but thrice. You're not going to just be offended. You're actually going to deny me uh, three times. Did that eventually happen? It did. The Bible records that. Jesus said it would happen, and it did happen. Uh, and despite the Lord's existence, but Peter just continues to deny. Peter, verse 35, Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. I'll die for you, Lord. I'll never deny you. Uh, how's, here I am, a man. I'm willing to die for you. I would never deny. But Jesus said, no, you will. You will. Likewise also said all the disciples. What Jesus said did happen, uh, and, and we'll see that uh, upcoming message. Uh, he would have done so much better to say, Lord, I, I know what you say is true. Uh, I, back when, when Jesus first said they'd be fed, I know what you say is true. Help, help me to stand guard against that. Help me stand guard against denying you. Boy, that, there could have been such a better outcome to that. Uh, Lord, help me to stand guard against slipping away from you. Lord, help me to stand guard against falling away from you. Uh, are we tempted, church, to draw away from the Lord at times? Are we tempted to, to be drawn back into or to flee back into worldly things, things, things that are not godly? Are we tempted at times? Are we? Yeah, absolutely we are, and, and no doubt that's part of why this is recorded here, because this is not just for Peter. God has recorded it for us, you know, 2,000 plus years later, uh, 2,000 or so years later. It's recorded for us because uh, we are tempted to be offended at times. We are tempted to uh, deny the Lord in our choices, if, if not our words, uh, through our unfaithfulness, slipping away from him and pursuing things other than him. 
rich in times of great trial and difficulty, we have a choice to draw closer to the Lord and, and to find strength in him to get through that trial, knowing that he's growing us uh, through that difficulty, like he'll grow a muscle through the trial of the gym, right? Uh, or, or we can flee away from him, looking for comfort somewhere else. Lord, help us to understand we're at risk of fleeing away from you in, in hard times, or even in not hard times. Help us to be vigilant. Help us to stand guard. Help us to never deny that possibility, and in not denying it, to, be, to remain vigilant, standing guard against uh, slipping away. Um, Lord, help us. Here, as we yield to the Lord, do we find strength in him to find the help that we need? We absolutely do. We do. Uh, Jesus, in preparation for the cross, is dealing with his disciples. And now, uh, in preparation for the cross, he's, he's going to get on his knees, he's going to fall on his face, he's going to pray to God the Father. He's dealing with God the Father uh, for himself. Um, and we see this here beginning in verse 36. In preparation for the cross, Jesus prays. Uh, look with me here in verse 36. Preparation for the cross, Jesus prays. He knew there was a time of, of difficulty like no one has ever experienced in history. Uh, and his response to that is not to flee uh, away, but to flee to God the Father in prayer. Uh, I'll, I'll say again this morning, I don't think anyone, Marilyn, has experienced anything as hard as Jesus experienced upon the cross. He took all the sin of all people of all time upon himself. And in that, God the Father, in a, for a moment at least, turned from him. Uh, imagine the weight, the burden of that sin. Imagine the difficulty of God the Father turning his, his back upon Christ in that moment. Not forever, but in that moment. Uh, I would submit to you this morning that no one has ever experienced a trial that great ever, and, and, and no one ever will. The Lord Jesus Christ loves us so much, Rich. He, knowing that, he, he stayed faithful to it. But knowing that, he also knew that he needed to prepare himself prayerfully, and so that's exactly what we see him doing. Uh, the, the critical... Um, absolute importance of prayer uh, in a time like this. You may say, well, I'm never going to experience a trial like Christ did. That's true, but we experience great trials, great trials, uh, and prayer must be our response as well. Verse 36, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. Uh, the word uh, refers to um, an oil press. Luke calls this place the Mount of Olives. So it'll be east, uh, across the valley of Kid Kidron Valley, east, east of Jerusalem, um, uh, east of the Temple Mount. Uh, Jesus said, come with me. Uh, let me try that again. Then comes Jesus, verse 36, with them unto a place called Gethsemane, uh, and said unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. I'm going to go over there and pray. Uh, he withdrew from them to go over here to pray. No doubt the implication is that they should be praying too. If the Lord is going to pray, if he needs to pray, uh, how much more do we need to pray? That's still true today. Uh, it was true in that day. It's still true today. Sit ye here while I go and pray uh, yonder. Verse 37, he took with him Peter uh, and the two sons of Zebedee. This would be James and John. That's kind of his inner circle, isn't it? 
uh, right? That those were the three that uh, seemed to be the inner circle. Uh, they were the three who were present where? At the transfiguration, right? Where the Lord revealed his glory, allowed them to, to visually see uh, his glory. Uh, he takes these three who have become or whom he's made his inner circle with him uh, to pray. He took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful uh, and very heavy. Uh, the word that's translated sorrowful is also translated grieved. He knows exactly what's coming. Uh, and so there's a weight. Uh, there, there's a weight. And I can't help but wonder if he chose the, a place called Gethsemane as, as kind of a picture. Uh, the grapes were pressed and, and uh, with great, not the grapes, but the olives, uh, were pressed with a great weight upon them to press out the oil uh, from, from the fruit of, of the olive. And Jesus here is, is pressed down uh, with great weight, uh, the great weight of knowing what is coming. Uh, he's very sorrowful. He's very grieved. Uh, he's very heavy. Uh, the word translated very heavy has the idea of filled or perhaps weighed down with trouble or distress. Uh, great trouble or, or great distress. Um, listen, Brother Art, if he's God the Son, why, why isn't he just, you know, celebrating this? And he's God the Son. He's 100% God. But he also came as a man, right? Uh, he came as, as one, the only one ever who is perfectly God, but also perfectly man, perfectly divine, but also perfectly human. How is that possible? We don't understand that. We don't understand the, the triune Godhead. How could three persons be one God? We, don't, we can't fully comprehend that. We just describe it and accept it by faith. We can, we can describe the nature of Christ and accept it by faith. Uh, in his human nature, no doubt, there's a sorrow, uh, a, a grieving, uh, and a great weight upon him. That would be just as hard for him to deal with a, a, as for us. Uh, Luke records that there's an angel that came in that moment and ministered to him. We don't major on angels. We know that they're not to be worshipped. Uh, the, the elect angels, the, the godly angels, the holy angels refuse worship. Uh, but we understand they're real, and, and one came and, uh, and ministered to Christ. Verse 38, then said he unto them, my soul uh, is exceeding sorrowful. Uh, it's exceeding sorrowful. The underlying word there has the idea of sorrow all around. Uh, you know the word perimeter, right? Uh, math people, Vitaly, you, you know that. You, you have a perimeter. Is that a word that you might use in, in construction work, a perimeter? Uh, para means around, right? An underlying word here, it has a prefix of around. There's, there's sorrow all around him. There's, there's, he, he is grieved uh, in, his, in his total being all, all around. Uh, he's exceedingly sorrowful. He says, watch with me. This is, this is his response to that. He's been ministered to by an angel, Luke records. And he says, watch with me. Uh, the, 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 that's a command. It's a command. He's saying to the three who are the inner circle, listen, I need you to be vigilant with me right now. You, you need to watch with me right now. Be awake, be vigilant, uh, be watchful. Probably the idea here is stand guard against temptation to sleep and just pray with me. Uh, it would have been a long day, no doubt, and, and so much has happened, and Jesus knows so much more uh, is about to happen. He says, uh, watch with me, be vigilant, be awake, be watchful, uh, no doubt pray with me uh, is, is the idea. 
when it's time to pray at night, is that the time that you're sleepiest? <laughs> you ever notice that? It's time to pray, you just want to go to sleep. Uh, that, it's just part of, of the struggle that we're in, part of the battle uh, that we're in. Uh, pray in the morning when, when you're naturally more wakeful, more awake. Uh, pray at night also, but we know that that's a battle. And uh, it was a battle for these men, no doubt, for Christ also in his humanity. Uh, he, he goes a little further, verse 39. He went a little further and fell on his face. Uh, he fell on his face. He got down on his knees and he got down on his face and he prayed. Why is he down on his knees? Why is he down on his face? There's just a wonderful picture of humility here, Marilyn. He knows even though he's God the Son, <laughs> he knows in his humanity he needs God the Father. Uh, and so he takes up this wonderful posture of humility before God the Father, and, and he just begins to cry out to him. This is a wonderful example to us. Uh, it's more than that, though. In his humanity, Christ needed this. In his humanity, uh, he needed this. as an example to us because Lord knows we need this kind of prayer, too. Uh, when we face trials, we know trials are coming. We need to have the same humility before God uh, and to get busy praying with the same intensity. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, uh, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That's poetic language. He's just saying, Lord... Father, if there's another way, uh, if there's another way other than the cross, uh, excuse me from the cross and, and let's pursue that other way. Uh, why, why did he pray that? Why did he pray that? This is, this is in his humanity, right? He knows what's coming. He knows how hard it is. In his humanity, he desires another way. Uh, the next phrase is wonderful. And I suspect this, this reflects his, his divine nature. Uh, his, his divine side. He says, nevertheless, would you read this with me, please? Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. What's he doing? He's saying, Father, if, if there's another way, please let, let's do that other way. But if not, uh, I yield to you in your way to provide for the salvation of people. Uh, Gary, that's a wonderful yieldedness. Gary and I just can't stop talking lately about uh, the power of being yielded to the Lord. Uh, I think we both discovered relatively late in our Christian walk, hey, it's one thing to be saved, and that's a good thing. Amen, church? Church? It's a good thing to be forgiven and to know that you're forgiven. If you've placed your faith in Christ with a humble, repentant faith, you're forgiven and nothing can ever change that. By the way, if you haven't, you're not. Let's get that fixed, amen? Uh, but if you have, you're forgiven and you have eternal life and the hope of heaven and, and God present in your life and nothing can change that ever uh, according to the word of God. That's how we understand the Bible. But... but <laughs> There, there is a power available to Christians to lead the life that God has called us to that really, Brother Ray, it's only available to us as we yield to the Spirit of God and allow the Spirit of God to strengthen us to live a life that is according to his words. You can't do it in your own power. You can't do it in your own strength. I dare say if you've tried for a time, you know that. But if you yield to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. I, I know that I have no power, apart, not much at least, 
apart from you to lead the life that you're calling me to, the Holy Spirit gives that grace, that strength. He fuels us to go forward and live the life that God has called us to. Short of that, there's nothing but frustration and failure. You can try, but you will fail. With the power of God in our lives that comes with this kind of yieldedness, you don't need to fail. There doesn't need to be failure because we're not relying upon ourselves. We're relying upon our Lord. There's a power that makes the life that he desires for us uh, possible. This is a wonderful yieldedness. It's a wonderful yieldedness. This is the yieldedness of mature faith that God calls us to. Brother Art, it is a mature faith, but isn't it also possible for someone who's new Christian, not really grown up in the Lord yet, to say, hey, I get it. I know. I understand. I believe what the pastor said. I see Christ's example here. I, I get it. I accept that. And so I'm just going to yield myself to God today and say, Lord, I'm not going to waste years trying to live this biblical life in, in my own strength. I'll just yield to you today and look to you for strength to live according. A, a, a less mature believer could do that, couldn't they? And, and grow up pretty quickly in the Lord. That'd be a good thing. That'd be a good thing. Jesus falls on his face and he prays to the Father. Oh, my Father. That's how he taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven. He teaches us to pray to the Father. And so we direct our prayers to God the Father. We understand. Doesn't mean you can't ever pray to Christ, but uh, he taught us and he's living uh, what he taught, praying to the Father. Uh, he prayed that if there was another way, uh, let, let's do that way. Uh, one of the reasons that's here, by the way, is probably to emphasize, to underscore, church, that there was no other way. Amen? There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way. What did he say? The? And, and what did he say after that? And what's the rest of it? No, man, no, no one come to the Father except through him, right? I'm paraphrasing it. That's what he said. He said, there's no other way. You, you want a relationship with God the Father? You, you need the forgiveness of sin to have that. You want to escape a very real hell? You need the forgiveness of sin. Uh, you, want, you want to find strength and power to live a life that is good and pleasing to God? There's no other way. There is no other way. He said that. He said that, and this prayer reinforces that. What about all the people living all kinds of other faiths? I know they're sincere, but, and, and I wish, how many times have I said, <laughs> I wish people sincerely practicing any faith could be made right with God the Father. But Jesus said there's only one way, and it's this way. And we have to, we have to be loving enough to preach that truth. Amen? It's, it's not unloving to preach that. Preach it in love. Preach it in love. We don't attack people. But we have to be, we have to be willing to love people enough to preach that truth. Jesus is the only way. That's what he said. And this prayer emphasizes and puts that truth on display also. Lord, if there's any other way, well, there was no other way. Uh, and so he proceeded to the cross with a wonderful, humble yieldedness to God the Father. Look with me in verse 40. His disciples uh, cometh, let me try again. He cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And said unto Peter, uh, what could ye not watch with me one hour? What could ye not watch with me one hour? He's asked them to, uh, to be vigilant, to be watchful, uh, no doubt to pray, no doubt to, uh, to, to stand guard uh, and, and to be prayerful. 
Uh, they've just professed their allegiance to him, and he's asked them just to, to, to stand watch, to, to be on guard, to be prayerful, uh, just, just for a, a short time, and, and, and they failed uh, uh, because, because they've not been prayerful, no doubt. Verse 41, he says, watch and pray that or so that ye, y'all, enter not into temptation. Uh, watch and pray that or so that ye enter not into temptation. This goes back to what he said before. Uh, you're, you're all going to be offended. Peter said, no, but Lord said, yes, and, and you'll deny me three times. No doubt if Peter had been the kind of prayerful that the Lord encouraged, uh, while he would be offended and tempted uh, to deny the Lord, he would have found a strength not to do that. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Wasn't that part of the Lord's model prayer also, Brother Art? Uh, he, he taught us to pray that we not, not enter into temptation. And, and, and he's reminding them of that here. Hey, I've taught you already to be prayerful. It's so important. You can't leave that out and think you're going to have the kind of Christian life that, 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 that the Father desires for. You can't leave it out. He says, watch, stand guard against temptation uh, and pray. They go together. There's an and between those two words. The Lord con con connects them. There, there we go. If you're going to stand guard against temptation to fall into sin and to be carried away in sin, you're going to have to be prayerful. What if you struggle with that? Does anyone struggle with that? Church? Yeah. What if you struggle with that? What can you do? You can pray. And maybe we're praying about our struggle with prayer, so maybe it's not going to be the most awesome prayer ever, but you know what? I suspect in God's eyes it will be. In his ears it will be. Lord, I struggle to pray. Would you help me to pray? No matter what, can you pray that? God, I struggle to pray the way you want me to pray. Would you help me to be a man, a woman, a young person of, of greater prayer, of greater faithfulness to pray? Lord, would you help me bookend my days with prayer, even if it's just a little? Lord, would you help me to maintain an attitude of prayerfulness throughout the day? He says pray without ceasing, right? Pray everywhere, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time, pray. but if we struggle with that, a simple prayer, Lord, I struggle with that. Confess that and, and ask, Lord, would you give me grace? to be more prayerful. Will that change things? Is there grace available to the Lord as we yield to him? There is. There is. You just yield to him and say, Lord, I, don't, I know I don't have the prayer life that I should. I've fallen down in my own strength, my own efforts to have that. It's my desire, and I yield to you with that desire, but Lord, I, I, I need your grace, your strength to have the kind of prayer life that I know I need to have to watch uh, that and, and not enter into temptation. If we'll do that, will we find greater spiritual strength in our lives? Yes. If we'll do that when temptation comes, and don't tell me they don't because they do, will we have a greater power to not give ourselves over to the temptation? Yes, we will. Uh, if that is the case, a little bit of logic here, if that is the case, will, will our lives be practically holier than they would have been otherwise? 
Yes. And if that is the case, will, will God be pleased? Yes, yes, he will. Uh, if that is the case, is it more likely that God will pour blessings into our life rather than the correction? That, that, that stands to reason, doesn't it? God blesses our faithfulness. He blesses our obedience. We don't teach a prosperity gospel. We don't teach a health and a wealth gospel. But these are biblical principles. These are biblical ideas. If we'll look to the Lord with a humble yieldedness for strength to obey, obey, there's going to be greater obedience. That's going to be pleasing to God. There'll be less need practically for him to be chastening us and correcting us uh, in a greater desire to bless our lives. And, and listen, I want that because I want those blessings in my life to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. Amen? Watch and pray. We're almost done that you enter not into temptation. He says the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We know that, uh, we know that. Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed saying, oh my father, he prayed again. Oh my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Wonderful yieldedness, wonderful yieldedness. Verse 43, he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy. Yep, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is indeed weak. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Jesus prayed again a third time. A wonderful, vigil, prayerful vigilance. Verse 44, we're almost done. He left them and went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. He just kept praying praying. As he prayed, he was compelled to pray more. I would submit to you this morning, it's likely the case, can't prove this to you, but I think it's likely the case, Zach, that as he prayed, he found more strength to pray. And so he keeps praying. As we pray, we find greater strength to pray. And so keep praying. Verse 45, he come to his disciples and saith unto them, sleep on now. Okay, sleep on. Uh, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. He knew he was about to be arrested. And the son of man, that's him, is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. He knew because he's God the Son that Judas was coming with those who would arrest him. Uh, and while he yet spake, verse 47, we'll stop here this morning. Lo, Judas, one of the 12, the one who had sold him out, we've seen that, came with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Jesus knew that was about to happen. The trial that would befall him was upon him. And so he prayed, he prayed, he prayed again. Lord, help us, Lord, help us to remember that you're working in us through trials. You're growing us and strengthening us. But we need prayer to find strength to continue successfully in trials. Lord, we need strength from you that comes through prayer to know victory when temptations come. When temptations come. Brother Art, we've seen an answer here this morning to a great need, and it's prayer. It's prayer. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you this morning for the wonderful privilege we have to come boldly to your throne. We know, Father, this morning we enjoy this privilege because of Christ, your only begotten Son, 
who did go to that cross and who did die for us. Lord, we understand this morning that Jesus himself understood and modeled the critical necessity of prayer in a believer's life. Lord, I pray this morning that if we've not had the kind of prayer life that you desire us to have, if there's conviction uh, regarding that upon our hearts this morning, Lord, I thank you for the conviction. I pray that we would respond to that with simple agreement. Lord, you've convicted me that I've not had the prayer life that I should. Lord, burden us, convict us of that this morning if that's the case. Lord, give us hearts this morning to confess that, to simply agree with you. Lord, I've not had the prayer life that I should. But Father, I look to you this morning for grace, for strength, to change that. Lord, that I might know strength in trials, that I might know strength in times of temptation. Lord, that there might be victories that bring you honor and glory. I'll give you a moment to pray that. Maybe you're here this morning, Lord's convicted you of some other thing. You laid a conviction upon your heart. There's some sin that needs to be confessed. Don't wait. I encourage you this morning to simply say, Lord, I, I agree. <laughs> That's a sin. That's wrong. Lord, give me strength to forsake it, to turn from it, to put off sin, put on obedience in its place. Lord, for your honor and for your glory. Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, honestly, I don't know if there's been a time that I have turned to Christ for forgiveness of sin. Uh, maybe you'd say this morning, I'm not sure that I've ever really understood that. I want to encourage you this morning, just take a moment and say, Lord, as best I understand, I'm, I'm turning to Christ today and placing my faith in him for forgiveness of sin. Bible says in Romans 6, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Bible says in Acts 13, repent, turn away, therefore, and, and be converted. Turn from sin, turn to Christ, be converted, that your sins be blotted out. In Romans 10, the Bible says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved saved from the consequence of sin. I encourage you this morning, if you've never made the decision to turn from trusting in anything other than Christ, you just turn to him this morning and say, Lord, as best I understand, I'm placing my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, the blood that he shed upon that cross to be the thing that can cover my sins and forgive me. You make that decision this morning. It's the most important decision, the best decision you can ever make. In that moment, you're forgiven. In that moment, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life, changes you, remakes you, and there's a wonderful strength available to you. That's your decision this morning. I encourage you to come talk to me. I'd love to be able to rejoice with you and share some things that can be a help to you. Father, thank you so much this morning for your words. They're quick, they're powerful, they're alive. 
Thank you, Father, for sending your only begotten Son to die in my place. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness to stay the course to the cross despite your perfect knowledge of what that would involve. Lord, that's a profound love, and I thank you so much for it. Father, I know this morning it's your love that we can show to one another. I pray that you help us to be purposeful about that. Lord, thank you. Father, as I close this morning, I want to lift up the people of the Ukraine also once again. We pray for believers there, Lord. We know there are many. I pray that you would just help them to cling to you, to draw close to you and cling to you and to trust you for all that's needed. Lord, I know there's many there that do not yet know Christ as their Savior. I know that there's a great effort underway to take the gospel to as many as possible. So, Lord, I pray that in a time of great difficulty, many will see their need for Christ and come to him. Lord, pray for people in Belarus and in Russia also, for many believers there and many who will still come to Christ. Just lift up the situation there and place it into your hands. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you so very much for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may look up here. Thank you so much uh, for being here this morning. Do we have a great God? We have a great Savior. Amen. We really do. Uh, if you can, I encourage you to be back here tonight uh, at 6 o'clock. We'll be uh, in the Psalms, as is normally the case on Sunday nights, and a time of great encouragement. So I do encourage you to be here tonight if possible. Uh, if you're visiting this morning, I'd love to have a chance to speak to you. If you'd like to do that, just encourage you, get to know you a little bit. And um, Zach, you come. You're coming. He knew I was about to say that. Uh, what's our final song, Mr. Song Leader? 650. Let's stand together. We'll sing number 650. Zach closes in prayer this morning. Uh, God bless. All right, let's do stand as we turn to number 650. We'll sing the first and the last of Redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed. His child and forever I am. I know I shall see in His beauty the King in whose law I delight. Who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of a lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for opportunity to be here this morning. Please give us safety home and safe travels back here this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.